Be Afraid. This is Torsten Kipton, your host on the Be Afraid podcast, dragging you along for the misadventures of a new and aspiring horror author. This morning, I'm in front of uh, some of my favorite people at B&I. B&I, make some noise. The topic today is going to be working well with others in your network. Join us on the next segment. In my interview with Eric on the audiobook review channel, I talked about creative work with others and why I like it so much, uh, just a little bit. So I'm going to lead in with that and talk more about why I like creative work with others. For one, it allows me to step into something fresh. And I don't mean step into something fresh like a cow pie. I mean the opposite of that. Something like a misty forest glade where the air is thick and heady with the smell of coniferous trees. Somewhere fresh and novel, huh? Pun, somewhere novel, to write books in. My, My ideas are usually so macabre and so dark and they start dark and they kind of go darker and then maybe they get more flashy and then end somewhere that's at the bottom of a pit a lot of the time. Uh, that's the nature of horror, I think. So it's refreshing to step into something brighter, funnier, more a little more absurd maybe, and you know, that's part of humor. And that's what we have with the cooperative project that Eric and I primarily are working on. Now, Philip, who's running the Specialty Coffee Talk channel, is also in on that. And Elijah has been in on that as well. He's interviewed here. So what I like about this project that we're working on right now, it's tentatively titled Medium Roast. And it's a play on words. The main character is a big coffee snob and there's also a medium involved, which is pretty much the premise of the story. So the premise was all Eric's and let me share that with you. Basically this early 30 something uh, do-nothing guy inherits a house from his recently deceased aunt. But upon moving there, we'll find some strange tapes in the house and be a little bit uh, weirded out by the conversations he hears recorded on those over what used to be music. So there's a whole lot of mystery involved. He's a very uh, smart mouth character, and that's the kind of thing that I enjoy, but doesn't ordinarily work in Torsten Kipton style stories. But here, we're kind of creating a contrast because we have this smart aleck, funny character, and then overall, it's kind of a spooky horror mystery. More of a spooky than horror, if anything. So uh, yeah, just this creepy vibe, completely brightly contrasted with some some uh, sparkles of humor in there. It's been a lot of fun, and the character interactions, the, the character juxtapositions in this story are so human and so dramatic in a good way that uh, I'm really enjoying just being able to delve into it. And Eric talked about some of the challenges that are inherent with working with other people, and I'm gonna talk about those in the next segment.
permit me for a moment not to complain, but just to explain some of the challenges inherent with working creatively with others. The main reason that people, I think, get into independent publishing and doing things themselves like I am is it gives them so much freedom and control over the end product and the process. You may or may not have heard things like you know, horror stories from non-horror authors about being tied up with this publisher and their editors locked in a contract like a prison that demanded they re-edit and re-edit things until it wasn't at all their vision and it wasn't nearly so good as it could have been because some non-artist executive basically thought, you know, this is how we're going to sell books, you know, add some, some, uh, groovy, steamy scenes, things like this. So, uh, that's one thing is when you're working with others, you're going to sacrifice, you're going to offer up some of that control in exchange for, well, a couple of things. Uh, you're going to offer it up in exchange for other people's ideas and other people's control, which will add value to it. And uh, you're also not doing as much work, quite, uh, quite possibly. Probably, yeah, probably the most difficult thing is handing over control or sacrificing your way of, of doing it, using someone else's idea when you liked yours more. If it was your idea, there's a great chance, there's a very, very high chance that you're going to like it more than the idea that someone else has. You see all the value in it and they see all the value in their idea. That's just the way those, those ideas work out. And it's finding a compromise somewhere in the middle, which luckily for me, Eric is great at. And I think I'm decent at it. I could use probably a little work. But I really, really like Eric's ideas. In general, whenever he has any input, it's almost always gold. It's almost always ready to go straight in there. Uh, one of the other things that we sacrifice, besides just the freedom, something that just occurred to me, is you have to communicate and you have to do it seamlessly. Miscommunication can really wreck the train on this kind of an operation. Uh, taking the time to communicate for me is enjoyable, but it does mean that on a regular basis, you know, store beat by store beat, what we actually do to write this project is we go back and forth outlining the thing and finding what's the next event, what's the next story beat, you know, uh, what's the next little conversation, what's the next location they move to, what happens there, what foreshadowing, and what are we tying this back into previous chapters with, what are we setting up in the future. So there's a lot of moving pieces, and when you're doing the puzzle together, it means coordinating and uh, and fitting the pieces uh, into the same picture. So for someone with a very singular vision, it's going to be very, very difficult for someone who is looking for outside ideas, a uh, arrangement working with others is going to be better. Uh, so yeah, that, that's just the angle on writing a story. I can give you a couple examples coming up. 
And I'm also going to talk about digging into a network and working with other people that do similar and related things to you. Before I dig too deep into any one topic, let me explore another couple tunnels with you, then we'll come back around and go into minute detail on some of those previous things, both the pros and cons and complications and virtues of working with others. First, we're going to talk about using your network, and part of that is building and expanding a network. The groundwork of that is making cool things, I believe, at least that when you make cool things, people will generally like those cool things and then they'll want to share them. If you make cool things that other people are meant to enjoy, then boom, you're halfway there already. See, on this channel, that's part of my aim is I definitely want to build connections with you guys. Uh, If any of you guys are storytellers and you'd like to share some of your stories with us, you can let me know about them. And if they're in any way compatible, be happy to encourage you in your writing. Uh, if you want critique or to improve at all, I'm no grandmaster, but as someone who's currently focusing on improving a lot himself, maybe I'll have the right frame of mind to help some of you out, you guys out. First, for example, Eric, uh, who's co-writing a story with me, is mostly a story listener. He doesn't read with his eyeballs. For a long time, he's been largely an audible book listener. There's some virtues to that. There's some virtues to reading with your eyeballs. I enjoy both. I think the contention over audiobook versus e-reader versus physical book is pure silliness, but that's neither here nor there. Eric is an experienced listener of stories who I know through church, and It was really interesting to see what a skilled writer he was. He's written a few little flash fiction pieces and some openings to some very funny, you know, children's stories and things like that. He's good at writing things bright and not so morose and vulgar as some of the stuff that I write. So uh, that injection is great. Uh, The people that you know may be more talented, skilled, and have more interesting creative input than you know. So connect with people you already know is probably one of my first tips. The people around you are likely way cooler than you could ever think of. So that's uh, Eric Elijah, as you might know, does some of the music for this channel. Whatever's not kind of a B-roll music from Anchor is custom music from Elijah. He does a lot of great instrumental stuff. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He's a whole band all by himself. Start going to start calling him Mystery Guitar Man. So, Elijah is another person I know from church. Uh, very cool, creative stuff. His filter is a lot more open than most people as far as what he's able to just let flow. So, he's got speed. He doesn't hold back and he doesn't get tripped up on little details. So, he's written some great stuff. Uh, One of his stories was about an hour-long narrated, guess how I know. And uh, I'm just very impressed with how well both of them write. That goes for several other people I know, and 
Uh, that's just part of it. Connecting with people online would probably be a second layer. First, connect with the people you know, because trust me, there's more there than you think. And then people online. If you start with cool stuff and you put some cool stuff out there, you're going to have a much better baseline to connect with other people. And uh, it's not like, oh, I could write some cool things. Why don't we pair up? It's more like, hey, here are some cool things I've already delivered value on. What do you think of that? Could we you know, make something work together? That, I think, is the best approach. More cool things, the better. I am also... I, I started this episode by introducing you in quick fashion to the business network that I'm uh, kind of a pseudo-member of, which is uh, BNI, Business Network International, is an international business networking uh, company. And basically... What happens there is people with business interests get together and they form these power teams. And a power team for me might look something like an audio producer and an editor. As I was saying, a power network for me or a power team for me involves all the other people that are in the process of creating quality stories. And if you're not, if you're mostly a story absorber and not a story uh, writer or a storyteller, then there's, there's a few things that uh, kind of go into this, this cake mix before you get something edible. Okay. So uh, power partners for me, things like cover designers. I have a, very, very amateur background in graphic design, which is the most dangerous amount of education to have in graphic design when trying to make one's own cover. Because you know what kind of covers I would make? Amateur covers. Guess what covers people don't like to buy their books with? Amateur covers. So I like to go with a cover that I'm going to like and other people are going to like, which is my favorite kind, professional covers. High, high quality. I don't go for pre-made stuff. I like custom so, so much. So uh, David Jasonis is the guy who did the cover for Hot Ashes and Brass Casings. If you go online to check out Hot Ashes and Brass Casings on Amazon, that was an original digital painting by David. Um, he also did the cover for my second novel, which is titled Demon Possessor currently. The full thing will be both story Demon Possessor and Lamentation wrapped into one. It's another excellent, excellent digital painting, and uh, I hope I can do more with him in the future. So cover designer is one, and editor is very valuable, so I hear. Here's the thing, though. Cost easily for a novel in the neighborhood of 100,000 words, easily $3,000 to edit once and if you edit once you may as well edit twice you've already invested and when you go to correct all the things that were marked up by the editor unless all they edited for was punctuation which is a copy editor and that's a valuable position believe you me but uh, if you're doing more than that you need to correct the structure of the story and rewrite whole sections that means introducing whole new 
patches of uh, flaws and errors and missed punctuation, everything like that. Possibly creating plot holes because that's what happens when you pull sticks out and push things in. So uh, yeah, an editor, a, a cover designer, uh, beta readers are precious. Uh, beta readers are very, very valuable to me. I like writer, writing groups or yeah, that, that's, that's what I would call it, a writing group. Basically writers sit down together and critique each other, a piece of each other's work, usually just a few pages at a time, but you can extrapolate the input they give for those few pages to large swaths of what you do. A lot of it is about learning lessons as much as it is correcting that particular piece of work. And so a lot of this is basically mitigating my flaws and weaknesses by using the strengths of others. So yeah, there's a, there's a huge power team that I need. I like uh, using voracious readers, but particularly writers are very valuable. Their input on stories has a uh, second layer of depth that can involve you know, suggested solutions, and uh, I'm all for that. So using your network, connecting with people that you know, like, and trust, it's invaluable. Get out there and meet people. Get out there and create things with people. And trust me, your creative work is going to be more lively for it. Let me take a second to remind you that Be Afraid is just one channel on the Narrative Audio Network. The beating heart of this of this whole network is the Narrative Channel, which is soon to launch. It's strange that the beating heart would not develop first, I know, but trust me, we've got some great things in the work. It's all about stories, mostly originals from me and Eric and just lots of great stuff going up there. There's also this channel, Be Afraid, which is my stories. That's kind of about my journey and what I'm doing and some of the awesome people that I meet and interact with along the way. There's also the Specialty Coffee Talk podcast, which is all about awesome coffee that's made super accessible and fun and just a humorous, enjoyable experience for anyone who's just relatively kind of enjoys coffee. And then there's uh, the Shady podcast. Shady is awesome. It's a true crime podcast and kind of uh, do that show at the criminal's expense. It's a lot of fun. And uh, also, there are some serious episodes on there. So if you're into the dark stuff, Shady may be for you. The Salty Chef podcast is our least uh, produced podcast. So far, just one episode. But if you like cooking and you like cooking in a salty internet fashion, then... Salty may be for you. And while I'm on that, let me remind you that there's a channel out there called Two Minute Stories, which I'm sort of developing a relationship with. He's got a great uh, podcast or a great podcast and channel putting out stories. Uh, he does those very regularly. Pretty, pr- pretty prolific. I like the way that he can just spontaneously generate a story from a theme. And in that vein, I'm going to share with you one of the stories or one of the call-ins that I got from him right now. I recommend that you go over to his channel and check out a story. I think you'll have fun.
Torsten, thanks so much for the call-in and for the love. I, I really appreciate it. If you're into that kind of sci-fi stuff, check out my episodes. There are you know, several more that are kind of in that vein. I don't always write sci-fi, but I tend to lean that way. And there's even more uh, that aren't stored as episodes on SoundCloud and through uh, Apple Podcasts uh, if you want to go dig through the archives of some older stories. So thanks again so much for the call. I really appreciate it. And hopefully uh, you'll enjoy some stuff that may or may not be sci-fi related coming out soon. Thanks again and have a great day. Narrative Audio Network and podcasting in general is just one more space I like to work cooperatively with others. You may know that Eric and Philip both work on podcasts with me in the same network, and I kind of guest host on theirs, and they guest appear on my stations, and it's just a lot of fun. Here's a quick clip of Eric talking about some of the stuff that we've done together on the Coffee Channel, even though he's calling in from the Shady Channel which is about true crime. Hey Torsen, your buddy Eric here uh, from the Shady Cast and also on with you occasionally at the Specialty Coffee Cast here. Um, you did great on that episode, uh, talking all the cold brew, that was fantastic. You made it very fun, very interesting, and made me want to drink some. So now I am drinking some on my way to work this morning, some delicious, Bowtie cold brew, um, and boy, is it fruity. And I'm so fancy that I'm actually going to pair it with a stick of beef jerky. Because I'm hungry, and it was in the cart. So there you go. Take that. Pair that, Mr. Kipton. Torsen, thank you so much for taking the time to introduce everybody to the network, and I hope everybody's been able to listen and connect that way, but you, my friend, have said altogether too many nice things about me, and uh, so I need, to, I need to figure out something nice and uh, wonderful to put into story form, and then I'll tell a specific nice story about you uh, very soon, maybe over on the uh, Shady Cast. See ya. So here's time for an interview with Philip, who, uh, Philip, why don't you tell him who you are on Anchor and what your, uh, part is in the Narrative Audio Network. Hi, I'm Philip Co. and my, uh, station here on Anchor and podcast on iTunes, please subscribe, leave a review. Uh, is the uh, specialty coffee talk basically just simplify coffee so that uh, people who don't uh, understand it as much as a lay person like yourself I don't know what I'm saying right now basically we make it simple so that everyone can understand it and get into it yes you do and that's how I got into coffee so you know that it works so Philip I want to ask you the whole topic we're, we've been talking about is cooperative work working with groups, working with a network, uh, you know, expanding your relationships and in general, just working with other people 
on uh, projects and ideally voluntarily. So why don't, why don't we first go into the challenges uh, of it? I kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier. Some of the challenges, you know, thing it could be anything from communication to timeline to uh, differences in vision. Why don't you talk about some of the challenges that you've experienced working with people and the kind of settings that that happened in? Um, so a lot of the challenges that I've faced First, like the first one I can think of is um, coordination with other people and being able to get, as Leia did knows because he tries to get me to do stuff all the time, being able to get someone else to do something um, to help you out with something is very difficult. Or being able to get someone to be dedicated to actually doing something with you is really hard. Um, and if someone doesn't share the exact vision that you have, sometimes that makes it really hard to get them to join in and meld together with what the purpose and the goal of your cooperation would be. Hard to build a house with another carpenter when you're working on two different blueprints. Am I right? You're absolutely correct. It's either a sloppy house or one where you have to tear stuff down over and over. Bye guys. Bye, Bye y'all. Got a bunch of cherished ones marching through the room. Oh, we're just doing an interview. So, uh, super highly professional on this channel, as always. Um, so, Philip, you talked about the challenges a little bit. Why don't you talk about, uh, t take a chance to talk about the rewards, and it's different for everyone. Uh, different people get different things out of cooperative work. Um, like, what would be an example of a time that you're working together with someone on a project, and you got something, uh, something out of that that you really enjoyed so me and my brother um who you happen to know because he's my brother uh we both, that'd be eric that's absolutely correct eric uh we both uh sort of got into coffee around the exact same time um, we've always had like a really good relationship as brothers um in this really good friendship so um it was about, I don't know, he was probably about three months in and then got me into it. And so we have a coffee business that we started um, where we sell cold brew. And that as a whole has become super cool because it, you make something um, that's really exceptional and people also agree with you that is exceptional. I can certainly agree. I vouch for them on that all the time. Never do I... Uh, have a smile on my face unless there's bow tie in my hand or my fridge. Yeah, so like that's that's ridiculously fulfilling. I gotta say, yeah, uh, quality of the end product when you work together with someone on something. Uh, would you say it's more about spreading the work on doing that, or is it that you have uh, two minds and perspectives going into the project to uh, to enhance what it is? Which one would you say is more like spreading out work or, or quality? Um, I think probably for me and Eric in that business, I would say it's probably both in that, uh, we both put, we're both kind of like both stubborn people and have our own way of doing things. And we've always kind of like to do our, do whatever we want to do. So it's like this thing where we kind of just bounce ideas off each other. And that's how that part has worked for us really well. 
I did have a second interview with Philip, but I think the refill got lost in the ether. So let's wrap up this way. Working together with others. You can fill in each other's weaknesses. You can add each other's different strengths to the project. You can certainly get more done working with more than one person. And for me, part of it is just fulfillment and joy, but it's all the factors put together. And I really like uh, staying in communication, but that is the that is the biggest challenge, staying on the same page, making sure the same, uh, everyone's building the same boat, so that it will be seaworthy. That's what I have for you today on the whole topic of community and, and working with others. Definitely go out and find someone in your community, someone you already know. Trust me, there's someone out there that you would uh, be surprised by the things they can do. And uh, whether it's creative or whether it's business or whatever you're into, work together with others. Have a great rest of your day and stay creative.